Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Drop your shoulders. Take a breath. Tune into how you feel because it's time to stretch. Welcome to Stretch Marks with Sinead O'More, the podcast that dives deep into the parts of life that can truly stretch us. The type of stretch that, you know, can leave its mark, but that hopefully allows us to grow confidently into our new selves. Supported by Vitalbiotics, who with Pregnicare, WellKid, WellWoman and WellMan have a product range to support us throughout every stretch of family life. Okay, here goes the first episode in our new format where I'm joined by influential and inspirational guests as they share their deep stretch moments. In this episode, I'm joined by fashion stylist and mum-to-be, Clementine McNeese. Clementine is expecting her first baby in a few short weeks and here she trusts us, this community of listeners, with her experiences of miscarriage before conceiving this much-loved and wished-for baby. This is a kind and a warm and a compassionate conversation about loss, but take care of yourself and please skip on if you're being negatively triggered. Clementine, thank you so much for joining me on Stretch Marks podcast. You, whatever whatever setting you've got going on here is just, I mean, you are, you are a stylist, so I'm not surprised, but you look absolutely glowing and at peace and in like a, a serenity moment right now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm at home in Armagh, so I can't take the credit for the location. It's my mum's, but um, yeah, it's so peaceful here. We're in the middle of the country and so I'm here for a few days, so it's lovely. Yeah, but I'm so delighted to be on the podcast. Ten weeks to go. I know it's like gone really quick. I think the start went very slow for me anyway, and um, because we didn't tell we didn't tell anyone until I was like it was eighteen more than eighteen weeks, and um, we didn't tell family till sixteen weeks, friends till eighteen weeks. So like I felt like no one knew for so long. So I felt that bit really long. And then the middle bit just flew. It's funny how it goes. I'm sure everyone's different, but yeah. So I'm hoping maybe the end bit will go quickly as well. <laughs> how and why and when we tell people is such a big decision. Mm-hmm. Some people, obviously, they just want to, you know, blurt it out and and run to tell the world because it's massive news, especially on your first. It feels like this big life-changing moment that you you want to look into the eyes of the people you love and share it. Yeah. And then sometimes you want to be completely protective over it and go quite insular and climb into your cave and hide yeah. from the world. At 18 weeks, I'm thinking you might have been on the second side of that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Because 
we had the losses before um I was just petrified I just did like I just actually couldn't tell anyone and it'd be funny because you know one week I'd say oh Jamie this week you know maybe I'll tell my sisters and I'm so close to my sisters and to not for them not to know was just it was mental but I just I just actually couldn't say the words <laughs> it was really strange so it, whenever it got to like uh, 16 weeks for family it just felt right then I, you know I wanted to say it then so but I do think everyone's different you know different circumstances everything but yeah it was I just find it so tough to to say the news it's like if you say it out loud it's real and then if it yeah. doesn't work it's well, even harder it. yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah you said there that you've had the losses before mm-hmm. how many so we had two. The first loss was a missed miscarriage, mm-hmm. um, which I literally, it, it sounds so stupid. And I said to Jamie, I was like, can I even say that I didn't really know it was a thing? But like, mm-hmm. genuinely, I didn't really. I, I'd never, I'd heard about miscarriage, but I just kind of thought it was miscarriage, you know, a bleed. That's sort of what I thought I associated with miscarriage. Um, and then the second miscarriage was a was a bleed miscarriage. So um, after we got married, like we got married in twenty twenty one, so we always knew we wanted children. It was like always something that we just knew from the minute that we met. Um, so we were very lucky that we got pregnant quite quickly. So that was amazing. Um, and then we had one scan. We had an early scan which is about seven and a half weeks, I think, mm-hmm. um, where they see the heartbeat. They don't hear the heartbeat at that point, as far as I remember, but they can see the heartbeat. Everything looked normal. We were like, oh, this is it. You know, it's funny. I maybe naively, I didn't really have a worry. And I think it is like a naivety that comes with, uh, which is blissful when nothing bad has happened. And it's so nice. Um, so I kind of had that. I was like, oh, this is great. You know, everything's great. I didn't think of anything that could go wrong. Um, and then we had our, we met our consultant, who's lovely. Uh, she's amazing. We have her again for this pregnancy. Um, but I think it was, uh, it would have been coming up to our 12 week scan. It wasn't at 12 weeks. It was just before. So it was about maybe 11 weeks. It was the week before we planned to tell all our families. Um, and then... It's really funny because I said this to Jamie recently, like the night before that scan, I literally didn't sleep a wink. I just didn't sleep the whole night. And all of a sudden I went from like not having one worry in the world to saying to Jamie, I was like, God, I really hope everything's okay there. Like, I really hope, you know, I really hope they're okay. And he was like, of course they are, it's fine. And then I began to think, I was like, I've had no symptoms. I haven't been sick. I haven't felt different. I feel like normal. I feel I was working loads and I was really busy and I felt totally normal. And everything the night before, I was just like, oh God, maybe there is something. It's really strange that it happened literally that night before. And I know people don't get many bad symptoms in the first trimester and go on to have successful pregnancies. And, you know, it is normal that that can happen. So when I woke up in the morning, I kind of forgot about it. And I was like, oh no, it's it's fine you know we were back to being like excited and stuff going to the scan um and then it's funny when you lie in the bed you know they tell you you know it might take a wee while to find or whatever um so like I've I've listened to podcasts where people talk about the silence Mm -hmm. and it is like 
literally what is probably like 10 seconds literally feels like an hour of silence and I remember I remember thinking in my head there's something wrong but I'm not going to say anything I don't want to say anything until she says something but I knew I just knew there was something wrong but I just said I'll wait I'll wait and I'll let her say it um and then she said that there was no heartbeat um and it's just like it's like it's the worst it's one of the worst experiences you could you could think of you know I've never really like I've never lost anyone very close to me or I've never like had like a big bereavement in my life or anything like that so I think in that moment it's just like it's it's the worst it's the worst feeling that you could feel um and Jamie was the same and it's awful for the man as well because like he you know they feel so like helpless it's awful um so yeah that that was it and then um I had the procedure the next day actually because I remember she said oh we, we can do the procedure on Friday and it was my birthday on Friday and I was like oh I really don't want to think of this every year on my birthday even though I'll think about it every year regardless the day before my birthday I was like I really don't want to be awkward but is there any way we could just do it tomorrow because I don't want to think of this on my birthday um so yeah so that was it I went in for the procedure the next day and luckily with COVID Jamie he, he could come with me I know I've spoken to people who like went for the procedure during COVID couldn't have anyone with them had to go in on their own all of that so I felt very lucky that Jamie could come in. Um, yeah, but it's really, really tough. And like I said, I didn't even, I didn't know if I'd missed miscarriages. And maybe I feel like, maybe I should have known. But this is the problem. How You're not naive. You said there, maybe naively. You're not naive. If if 98% of what you receive from the world are pregnancy announcements mm-hmm. and birth announcements yeah. and the success of it, that's and it. if no one talks about the loss, even though statistically so high, mm-hmm. if we don't talk about the different ways even that which you can lose a baby, whether it's a chemical pregnancy, mm-hmm. whether it's a missed miscarriage. And, and again, we, we take our reference points from like whatever has just appeared in movies or TV shows where all of a sudden like you you associate, you know, miscarriage with lots of blood straight away. And then that's it. Yeah. yeah not going to the scan and actually being told no there's no yeah. heartbeat and it's funny because I I touched on it briefly on Instagram but not really a whole lot because I just don't it's such a big thing to like talk about but what I have touched on I've had loads of messages from people and one girl messaged me recently and she said oh I read your uh you did a Q&A and I read that you're scared of scans and she was like but I don't understand why would you be scared of a scan you know, is it just, I thought it was just if you were bleeding. I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to reply. I don't want to reply and be like, oh, there's this as well. It's just so, I just didn't, I I didn't reply. I want to reply. I just didn't know what to reply at the time, but it's funny. And then I was like, okay, well, obviously there's so many people who think the same, you know, they don't, they don't know about miscarriages and I know they're not um, as common, um, but I have spoken to a few people that have had them since. And I think there was, a, I think it was Kian Egan's wife, Jodie Albert. There was some her and some uh, someone else, maybe. And they'd shared their miscarriage story literally the day I got home from the hospital. 
I was like, oh my God, Jimmy, look, and they had one and they had one. And, and that's why eventually I did want to mention it on Instagram because I just felt so like I wasn't alone. I was like, oh my God, they've had one too. And there were this amount of weeks and you do really feel like you've, you know, some sort of, you can relate to someone, even though you've no idea who they are and you don't know them at all. Um, but it made like a huge, for me, I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the only one who's going through this right now. There's other people who are going through the same thing. Um, but yeah, it, it was really tough. Like, we went, Jamie had booked a lovely hotel for my birthday on the Friday and he was like, listen, will we just still go, you know, you're just like in bed now, maybe we'll see if we can, you know, just take our mind off it or whatever. And it actually did, you know, it did. We had like a day and a night away and it did like help it a little bit for for then, for that moment. But um, yeah, it's really tough. And I think like I, I'm, Jamie always says I'm made of steel, like I'm really like, I'm an emotional person in that I'll cry at like love actually or any film but when it comes to myself I'm quite like oh I'm fine you know everything's great so it is a really tough thing to go through but my thinking straight away was like okay that's it you know I yeah. we have to go again I was like so determined to get pregnant again and you know that would be it I've had my miscarriage I'm one of the one in four I was very much thinking that's it. That's that's I'm that's this, it done. I'm done now. I've had my miscarriage, um, which again is probably pretty, <laughs> not like a very wrong way to think. Um, but I was protectionism though. It's you're trying to, you're trying yeah. to just preserve your your hope. You have to cling on to something, and if that's yeah, you know, it's very hard to make the decision to go again after a miscarriage unless you have blind belief that this is behind you. It'll never happen again. And I'm quite like an optimistic person. I'm very much, I don't, you know, I kind of want to get up and go again. And, you know, I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's done. Now. That's fine. And uh, Jamie always says, I always say everything's grand. Like the world could be tumbling down. And I am like, everything's grand. <laughs> like I'm always like, everything's fine. Uh, and it's funny actually, because after the consultant brought us back into the room, uh, after the scan um, and I kept saying oh I, I, I'm fine everything's fine it's like it's fine and she was like oh no it's like it's actually not fine and I remember her saying she's like no it's not really fine because I kept saying I was probably like a mad person but I kept saying oh it's fine it's fine it's fine um, but it, like it wasn't fine obviously you know I but think it's a, it's a coping mechanism though I'm, I'm sure you were yeah. trying to like bring down your own like stress response yeah would be to just keep telling yourself it's fine because you'll just you'll get through it then if you yeah. if you feel the gravity of the situation in the moment sometimes you just crumble and we're too afraid how can we get back off that bed now yeah and everyone obviously deals with it in, in different ways but I think that was me that I was that I just thought everything you know was going to be fine and was fine and all of that um but yeah, it was a really like it was a tough time. And, you know, she told us to wait a month or whatever and then go again. So I was just like determined, determined. Um, and then a few months later, we got pregnant again. And I was very much of the mindset, well, this this is it. I'm pregnant again. This is it. This is our time. Um, I'd Googled mad for Google, which is the worst. Like I Googled, you know, 
probability of two miscarriages in a row with the first miss miscarriage and all sorts of things I I googled and you know it's quite a low probability of having two in a row so I was like oh well that that's great you know that that won't be me put it to one side moved on um and then at I think it was nearly six weeks um and then I noticed I started to have a bit of spotting I was so adamant that it was nothing that I said to Jamie oh I, I don't even know if I should text the, the secretary of the consultant I was like it's probably nothing I've read that you can have spotting you know at this time so I was like there was no place in my mind that I thought that I was miscarrying it was weird and I text the secretary of the consultant and she said oh no you need to come in you know to Hollis Street you know now or whatever come, come in now and then I knew in the car that the bathing had got worse you know I could feel it myself and I didn't say anything to Jamie I was kind of like oh it's you know it'll be fine mm-hmm. um and I said to him I was like don't come in with me just wait in the car like I'll be literally in and out and um and then obviously when I went in they confirmed that it was um a miscarriage again so I think it's funny even though the first time it was further on and it was like, you know, it was nearly three months at that stage. We were literally about to tell our families. It was, you know, it feels like when you're in it, you know yourself, three months feels like a long period of time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but this, the second time, I think it affected me like 20 times more because I was kind of thinking then that there was something wrong with me. I was like, well, maybe there's, it kind of turned into like a fear whereas the first time I was like oh you know it's it'll be okay I you know it'll be fine the next time whereas this time I was genuinely like petrified that there was something wrong and that maybe I wasn't able to carry a child or that there was just something more to it um so I was after the second time it was really like I really struggled a lot um and I think it's just so funny because no one knew no one the only person I told after the first time was my mum because I was going in for the procedure and I you just want to tell your mum I was like I just want to tell you that I was pregnant going in to get this done um I told my sisters after a few months um but no, no one knew we were pregnant again so you just feel like incredibly alone mm-hmm. even though I Jamie who's amazing um it's just a funny place to be it's like everything I, I always say like the world is going on around you and everyone is normal and you're like there in your bed or your couch and you're like how is everything just going on when you can just sit there and feel like the literally the lowest that you've ever felt in your life um so yeah it was really really tough the second time it was really tough and I kind of my kind of thinking, I was like, oh, we'll, we'll get pregnant again. And then, and this is awful. I, I kind of used to think we'll get pregnant again. And when I get, when I miscarry again, then we'll be able to do the test. Because you can't do them, I think, until you've had three, three miscarriages. Um, so I remember thinking, oh, that when it happens again, then we can figure out like what's work, what, what, what's wrong. It's kind of an awful place. It's an awful way to think you know, to think that, oh, we'll get pregnant again and miscarry again and then we'll figure it out. But that's literally how I felt then. I just didn't feel, I just felt like I was just going to have another misc 
miscarriage. I think when you've had disappointment like that and twice in a row, I don't know, I, I, lo I lost all the optimism that I had after the first one, um, which is quite sad because that's not like how I am. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a very tough, tough place to be in. The illusion can break, you know, where you you believe something about yourself, which is, well, we're going to have this wedding now and then we're going to start a family now. And that's just what's going to happen for us. And then the illusion can crack mm -hmm. and you have to begin to think about things that you've never considered, which is, oh, my God, is this us? Is this going to be our story? Is, yeah. is, this, is this what's happening? Where is this going to lead? You know, especially if you get pregnant quite quickly. Yeah. You, you know, that's that sometimes is the test of like, oh, no, we got pregnant and therefore we're those people where it's going to be really straightforward. Mm -hmm. And to, to try and like just stretch your reality to have to be like, oh, my God, this is this is this might this might be our story. And how do we figure out what's next? I think it's completely understandable to 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 desperately want answers mm -hmm. and to hurry along what you now believe is the inevitable, which is another loss. Yeah. in order to get to those answers because the answers can bring the solution for you to go forward and, and have a plan instead of staying in this kind of like yeah. locked locked state of just what what comes next and I think that's like the type of person I am if something's wrong I just have to find the solution make it right and then you know then move on and that's kind of the way I work and kind of like practical in that way so that's what I was just set on I was like that's fine we'll figure it out and then go from there so and it's funny when you talk about like uh, friends going through different fertility journeys. And when you talk about time, like weeks seem like years, don't they? Like it just mm -hmm. seems, time just seems so slow. It's like the slowest, <laughs> it's just so slow. And I, I just find like each month, you know, waiting, okay, we can try again. And it just, it just time felt, even though we're very lucky in the time frame that it actually was, was quite short. Like, we're incredibly lucky I know people here and my god much longer longer journeys but um yeah time just goes so slowly <laughs> um and that drove me mad as well because I just want to like keep going and you know for something to happen and all of that so yeah it, it, it was really tough after the second one and um I told uh one of my best friends at the time um I actually told her as well after my first one. So, you know, I, it was good to have her and my sisters and my mum to talk to. But outside of that, no one knew. No one knew Jimmy's family, um, just my brother, like, you know, other really close friends who I would tell everything to. I just couldn't talk. It was weird. I just couldn't talk about it. I find like, like a block. I just couldn't talk about it so I was lucky that I had my mum my sisters my friend um but that's what I say now in hindsight whenever I look back and I told people what happened when we told everyone our news when we were pregnant and told them what happened I was like god I really wish that I had told you back then you know because people are people are so nice and people just want to offer you you know loads of support and loads of love and I do think now and I talk to people about it online or anything like that. I'm like, do share it with people because 
I think that's where I kind of went wrong. I kind of put up a load of barriers and just got on with everything. And and I had opportunities. I remember to talk about it. Um, I remember we were. I was doing a photo shoot, and the person who was on the photo shoot, who I was styling, and the production, and um, we're talking about miscarriage and loss and. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, my God, I could actually say something here and like be part of the conversation. But I just literally like froze in the corner, didn't say anything, like did my bits and head. And in hindsight, I was like, God, I should have just said something and, you know, had a chat about it because they were chatting about it openly. And I kind of thought after God, that's the sort of thing that I should have been involved in and should have chatted about and should have been open with. And and I do think now I think you're being a little harsh on yourself because that's yeah. that's all very well and good with the the medicine that is time you yeah, know exactly. and yeah. time is a healer but also you know a positive pregnancy after that can sometimes heal some of those wounds and then you find your voice and then you can say what has occurred but when you're still in the state of mind of this this is this is our present it's not our past it's yeah. our present yeah. That's a very hard thing to just it's it's so exposing and not because of any any not wanting it to be known, but it's mm-hmm. so exposing because it's just so, so, so painful. Yeah. And that's it. It's like. I, I spoke about how like I feel lucky, you know, that we it's time wise of the whole thing of, you know, getting pregnant again this third time and um, everything going well, touch wood so far uh like we've been very lucky in that but um it was a lot of like a lot of pain in one period of time as well and I think that's probably as you say maybe I needed to be a bit kinder of myself but that's probably why at the time I couldn't talk about it because it is so when you're in it it's just so so much and you feel it's funny because you feel so sad a lot of the time like you're going to work and you're meeting your friends and you're doing all these normal things but like I remember in my head I was like oh I'm just I just want to be in bed or on my couch beside Jamie and you know talking about it or because you just feel there's a tremendous amount of of sadness um and it's just it's so it's so tough but uh yeah we we felt so like we were well I was gonna say we were delighted when we got pregnant the third time but it, it wasn't really delight it was like <laughs> just kind of like oh okay do you know what's funny you totally you totally change then you just it just it's a different feeling you don't and I've listened I've heard people talk about this in your podcast how um it's just a feeling of kind of like numbness or you know you're like okay I'm pregnant again but you know we're not gonna get our hopes up we're not you won't allow yourself to love no that's my You're thing. Just, <laughs> you just won't allow yourself to love until you no. know for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's just so it's a funny feeling. And we were in we were in France at the time. My dad was sick and he was in hospital for um, nearly two months. And we went over uh, and it was just me, Jamie and my mum uh, for like a month together so I remember when I got the test I was like well Jamie I have to tell my mum you know we're here to get together the three of us you know it's a tough time as it is I just want you know to tell her so it was actually it was so nice to have my mum knowing from the start so you know I could chat to her and know today I feel like this and 
you know, I'm worried about this. And it was actually so nice for someone else to know and to be together. Um, but I was like demented from the start of this pregnancy. I was not right. Like in, it's funny in France, they have these blood clinics that they don't have here, but you can literally, they're in every village or big town and you can literally go in and get your blood done and say, oh, I want to check my PHCG level today. And when you leave, they give you a result, which is a really bad thing for me who just wanted to check everything. So I was like, Mama, please, can we go to the blood clinic today? <laughs> but it actually, I was just so like demented that I wanted to check that everything was okay. So I did all of that. Any symptom that I had, I was like, just totally fixated on and it's just it was totally different to the first 11 weeks of my first pregnancy when I didn't have a care in the world and then I turned into this like mad person <laughs> but um yeah that's why we waited so long to tell anyone because I couldn't I think a completely normal person under the circumstances and I would be exactly the same I'd be camping outside that blood but I'd never heard of that before what an incredible service yeah and so cheap Um, but for me it was probably the worst thing yeah but any that you can get whatever you want tested in your blood iron whatever you go in and you like literally the result is in like 20 minutes if even um so I was like checking my blood levels and I was dying to have symptoms. So any symptom I got, I was like, Jamie, I am so sick. I am thrilled. Like anytime I was sick or my boobs hurt or anything, I was like doing cartwheels around the house in France. I was over the moon. So yeah, it was a very different, it was literally like four months of listening to everything my body was doing and reacting to, you know, I just was obsessed with every symptom and feeling that I got which kind of takes over your life a bit though as well it's not it's not very healthy you just analyze your body constantly wondering am I a little bit more pregnant today or a little bit less pregnant today oh yeah analyze everything and I googled everything and I think when because I had the two the missed miscarriage and the the bleed miscarriage then like I had fear of both things so I fear of going to the toilet of what I'd find and I'd fear of going to scans I hated scans I just I just hated them and obviously you have to go to them because you know you want to know and uh, I just I'd never I wouldn't sleep before a scan I would be up literally the whole night just lying there in like total fear and that went on until 16 weeks I like and I consulted with say you know it's everything looks as it should be you know you've no reason to be afraid but even though I got past where I further than I ever was say on the first one I still didn't still didn't relax um but I just think that that blissful naivety that you have is just totally gone and you just it's just a totally different feeling and it's it's kind of sad in a way because I didn't didn't really like I didn't enjoy the start of my pregnancy I just didn't I couldn't enjoy it um no I am like I I really enjoy being pregnant but at the beginning I just couldn't and I just cried at every scan and I'm like 
the consultant probably thought, I don't know, but, and then you're happy for a few hours, maybe a day, you could be delighted. And then it's literally back to, to fear. And I had so many scans at the beginning because I think she knew, you know, how I was. So, and they obviously wanted to check more regularly after what had happened. Um, so yeah, the scans petrified me. Whereas like if I went back a year, more than a year, I wouldn't even know why a scan would be worrying. So, um, but yeah, then now the second half, I've really like enjoyed it. And thankfully, <laughs> the worry is always going to be there. You're always, I think anyone who's pregnant always has, you know, you just are always going to worry. There is so much about trying to conceive that is out of our hands. From luteal phases to sperm motility, it's a lot. And it really can stretch our emotional, physical and hormonal selves beyond our limits. And while there aren't always answers, there are some ways to take back control and to nourish our bodies while we try. Pregnicare Conception Max has been specifically created to provide maximum nutritional support before pregnancy. With important vitamins and minerals like vitamin B12, vitamin D, selenium, magnesium, coenzyme Q10 and more, it also contains zinc, which contributes to normal fertility and reproduction, and an advanced form of folic acid at the exact level recommended by the HSC for all women who are trying to conceive. Plus, a high-purity omega-3 fish oil capsule providing essential fatty acids. With 50 years of innovation in nutritional science, Phytobiotics has been pushing boundaries to help our families feel at their best, with products to suit all stages from preconception, pregnancy, postpartum and family life, with Pregnicare, Well Kid, Well Woman and Well Man, Phytobiotics have created a product to suit every stretch of family life. Phytobiotics want to look after you through their supplemental range and by supporting this season of Stretch Marks. Food supplements must not replace a varied and balanced diet and a healthy lifestyle, and you should always consult your doctor or your pharmacist before using. that pregnancy bubble got burst, you know, and when that happens, can't really be fully, fully, fully repaired. No. And of course you can grow in confidence and you can grow to trust that, you know, at 30 weeks, you know, you're past those, those early kind of upsets and, and, and losses that can occur, but like, I kind of um, um, just before we kind of even said this, we were talking about just even health in general. I kind of feel like if there's ever something that quickly occurs in your life that's completely unexpected, we're always a little bit on the lookout then. You know, we'll always carry that little bit of, yeah, but what if something is wrong? Or, yeah. you know, we carry that. It's it's like it's like our our danger warning light kind of went on inside us. Mm-hmm. And we carry that with us now. And we're a bit like, you know, lighthouses just <laughs> scanning yeah. the sea to see, is it okay today? And the light just keeps going round and round yeah. and round. Are we good? Okay. Are we good? Yeah, the worry, <laughs> the worry doesn't, the worry doesn't go away. It lessens a bit, but it doesn't, never goes away. As you say, like a lighthouse, that's a very good analogy. Yeah. But, um, it's 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 funny because I I was kind of thinking you know that I was going to talk about loss and everything on this podcast and I was thinking whenever I listen to podcasts and books 
whenever I was going through miscarriages and I kind of thought, oh yeah, well, it's, you know, it's easy now for this person to talk about it because they are expecting or they had their baby. And like, I'm really aware of that. But a big thing for me as well was that back to the positivity thing that I'd always want, like a positive story. So whenever I was going through the miscarriages, I would always Google success after miscarriage and, you know, positive, you know, good pregnancies after miscarriage. And I think it's so important as well to have that positivity. When we actually look at the statistics, when we actually look and hear from women who have gone through it and that it was just a random act in their life, you know, it's, it's just when you think of all of the things that have to go, you know, perfectly right in order for a, you know, a tiny, tiny, tiny little egg it's to turn insane. into a human being. Yeah, I I say like it's a wonder anyone gets pregnant with like the amount of things that have to align. It's crazy. But like you say about people like I've spoken to people now and they would say, oh, yeah, I had two miscarriages between my second and third and. I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't, I know, I knew miscarriage was common and I think it's one of four pregnancies, isn't it? Um, But then you don't really hear anyone talk about it. And then people say, oh yeah, I had, it's like, oh my God, like I never knew that. And, you know, it's like those stories when you hear people that had had them and then moved on and had children. It's But there's so many women and I like, you just, people don't talk about it. And I think, when I when I shared it on Instagram and people were messaging, women were messaging saying, oh, my God, I'm so glad you mentioned it because I just had a miscarriage and I had a miscarriage a year ago when I'm in the same path or whatever. It There's a huge comfort. Like what I was saying after my first one, when I was looking at people on Instagram, there's a massive comfort in hearing other women who have been through the same thing and. I just I I find anyway reading other women's stories to be massively comforting to me um, and healing and kind of getting through it all um, and it's so important to talk about these things and I, I just think like we shouldn't be why should we be bottling these things up and this is why I get annoyed about the whole 12 week thing I'm like yeah well, why is that there then so if you miscarriage like or if you have a miscarriage you know, you sh- people shouldn't know, but why shouldn't they know? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I do think it's important that people talk about it and share their story and are more open about it. Like I had close friends who had had miscarriages and I never knew until I had said, and they said, oh yeah, me too. I was like, oh my God, well, I can, now I can talk to you about it. So this is the first kind of personal interview of loss on stretch marks, but I had many on every mum and statistics speak louder than words sometimes because they were always some of the most listened to episodes of any of the stories we'd put out. Loss would be some of the most listened to topics and episodes. And yet on the days that they would go out, I'd never get like it would never be reshared and tagged and you know the people listening wouldn't say that they're listening I get you yeah 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 so the numbers is coming from people who had been through it or going through it and people going through it but so we'd usually I'd usually see like okay popular listens and then I'd have loads of tags 
on stories of like just listen to this it's excellent share this share that like that you know it would be kind of being passed around to people in different groups or whatever and if there was anything to do with fertility challenge or miscarriage they were highly 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 listened to but I always remember noticing that like the day that it would come out it would be really silent and I'd be thinking oh my god it's not like the episode must not must not be doing really well and maybe it's yeah. not good and it's not supportive or you yeah. know what's going on and then I'd go into the podcast like platform and I'd be like okay the numbers are huge but nobody is still willing to say I listened to this episode and I found it of benefit to me because then all the people that don't know that I've had a loss will know that yeah. I've had a loss yeah yeah god that's really interesting but I would well I would well believe it because it, it, yeah, like I'd been in that situation, say if I read a book or something when I was going through the miscarriages, you know, I would never in a million years have put up my story saying, just read this, find it absolutely amazing. I'd be petrified. So I totally get that. But yeah, but that goes to show the amount of women who are, you know, sadly going through the same thing or have done and who want to hear other women's stories. And then it kind of my fear then is like it denies the people that are in the moment a chance to hear of something that might help them. You know, so, for instance, that book, you know, if you were in a completely different if you were just like if it wasn't miscarriage, if it wasn't loss, but you were reading a book to support you with some other thing that was happening in your life and you found it useful, you would share on 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 social about it and then people would be like oh I need that I need that I need that but when we don't talk about what we're using to support us in miscarriage or loss we're denying the other women who are like can someone please send me some life raft because I'm drowning in this now which is why I wanted to thank you for finding your voice for finding your courage to finding your place finding yourself at a place where you can talk about it Mm -hmm. Because while I encourage everyone to respect their own feelings in the moment and to be as protective and kind to yourself in the moment and to not feel like you must share your most raw, vulnerable pain to the world, you don't. You need to protect you. But if in the future you find yourself in a place where you can retrospectively talk about what happened, talk about what worked, talk about what supported you, talk about what didn't. Some of the greatest comments, you know, from the polls on stretch marks have been around the topic of like what not to say to people who have just had a loss. Mm-hmm. You know, the oh, well, everything happens for a reason and all of these kind of painful oh, things. Or at least you can get pregnant. It's like, that's not the point. People can say mad things. Yeah, that's very true. But it's it's funny when you say about sharing because... On my Instagram, I literally, I don't really share anything personal at all. I literally share my clothes, maybe beauty bits, lifestyle, my house, stuff like that. But I'd never really share anything very personal. Um, But whenever I, you asked me to kindly be in the podcast, I was like, well, I, it's really important for me to share this because it's such a big thing. And if I can help it sounds really cheesy, but if I can literally help one person feel less alone, then that's a really, really good thing. Um, and it is completely stepping out of my comfort zone because I don't really share any, I don't really do any chatty stories or anything like that in store on Instagram. I just keep it to fashion, what I'm wearing, 
fluffy things. Um, but for me, this was really, really important to share because if it can help someone or a few people, hopefully, um, to get through if, if they're going through it at the minute, then that that that's that's a good thing. And a reminder that just because somebody is posting for work, you know, you are a stylist, it is for work. Just because they're posting for work what it is that they're styling their life to be like it doesn't always tell the truth and I think we can often get swamped into that illusion ourselves and think you're not in pain you've got a wonderful blazer on yeah people like who follow you and I'm the same people I follow like you literally know nothing (laughs) about their lives and I think sometimes people think oh I you know I know all about that person and uh but you're literally see one minute maybe of someone's day um and it's funny like that whole period of time when I was going through the miscarriages and all of that and I was sharing stories about a shoot or I, you know I was doing jobs and Instagram pieces to camera and anyone watching would just think oh, that's just a normal day for her she's totally normal whereas behind everything it's like you're crumbling to pieces literally and um Instagram is so like I love Instagram and it's brilliant but like that side of it is just yeah you don't you really really don't know what's going on behind closed doors and I remember uh whenever I was in France for the month and someone messaged me and they were like oh you've some life over there for the month and I was like you literally have no idea that I'm in hospital every day with my dad or Joe it's just it's funny that's why it's so important to remember that Instagram is not real life and everyone has something going on um and that's why we should always be so kind on Instagram it's like I always say this you've no idea what people are going through um yeah that was a bit of a segue but it's It's an important one important to remember (laughs) it is important to remember because I'm sure plenty of people would have had envy over you know we all feel that way sometimes when we're looking through life's and it's not it's not reality it's not real there are things that are happening and not just instagrammers i'm talking about the person next to you at your desk i'm talking about the person who you're gonna not hold a door open for walking into a shop like just remember that no matter what's going on in your head somebody else has a problem too and yeah a problem shared is a problem halved and that's that's the benefit i suppose that's why I continue to want to do this because I have seen and I have heard and I have received the messages to say that these conversations and help and giving people like you an opportunity to be able to say it, because as you said, maybe on your own platforms, you know, you you keep it to a certain thing as you're, as you should, but to open it up. And I feel like you can't do this in a real, like, (laughs) that's a thing. I was like, how would I even I, just, yeah. I, was like, I wouldn't even know where to begin to start what talking in stories like oh hello <laughs> you know it it just it wasn't it wasn't right on Instagram so when you asked me I was like well this is the perfect opportunity to to mm-hmm. talk about it because it would never have felt right kind of on a story to I don't know to talk about it um but I'm so so glad now that I have and thanks for being so kind as well welcome the next 10 weeks are going to be hopefully calm yeah <laughs> content and hopefully. exciting and yeah. 
I can't wait to hear the news that little baby is here. Yeah, we're very, very excited. Very excited. Thank you. I want to say a huge thank you to Clementine for trusting us with her story. No doubt it wasn't easy for her. So please, if you've been supported by this episode, get in touch with us at Stretchmarks Podcast or with our guest at Clementine McNeese on Instagram. And to help this show to continue to grow, hit subscribe rate or if you can, leave a very quick review. And I'll talk to you again next week.